so I am grateful to see you all. And for those who were able to come on Wednesday night, how great to be able to share more in this way. Uh, I'm going to build on, I hope, what we did on Wednesday night, but I'm not going to recap. Um, that talk will be posted on the Everyday Zen website soon. They're not instantaneous. Um, but there are two talks about Shantideva posted on our website. One is a talk by Norman and one is a talk by Chris Fortin. And that's uh, on the teachings page, the January 2023 teachings. This is a quote from a poet named Maggie Smith. Expect that what you tend to will grow. Expect that what you feed with your care and attention, what you shine your light on, will thrive. Choose wisely. The Way of the Bodhisattva, written or actually spoken first in the 8th century to a group of 10,000 monks at the great Buddhist university, Nalanda, N-A-L-A-N-D-A, which it is said was located somewhere near the Nepal-India border, might seem very distant from our contemporary American life, but it's not. It's at the very heart of our spiritual practice. What transcends that time and is easy to understand really is Shantideva's major theme, bodhicitta. I love that word and that term. It's the Sanskrit term often translated as awakened heart. And it refers to an intense desire to alleviate suffering. Specifically, it's the heartfelt yearning to free oneself from the pain of ignorance, from the pain of degrading habitual patterns in ourselves, in order to help others do the same. It's not a condemnation of us. It's not meant to increase our suffering with some sort of guilt or feeling of, I'm so bad. No. It's a uplifted yearning, a longing to alleviate that suffering as the whole point of our practice to bring, through joyful effort, ethical conduct, Meditation, encouragement, patient forbearance. All those things already in us to bring them forward, the main point of practice. And we start close to home with the wish to help those we know and love. But the underlying inspiration is collective. 
global, all-encompassing, ending sufferings for all beings, including those we'll never meet. And Shantideva reminds us, as well as those we might dislike to begin with. Shantideva himself knew a lot about being disliked. He was not a popular fellow. And one of the reasons why the story of his uh, ascendance and these very critically important teachings, the reason why it grabs us so is really that he's talking about himself, that he's talking about reminding himself of these teachings being already in us, present. It's the vast, unbiased essence of us, of our non-dualism, our wisdom, yours and mine and ours. He told them, that audience that asked him, challenged him to speak, that these were not new teachings. Because he said, do you want new teachings or old teachings? And they said, new ones. And then he said, okay, I'll do new ones. And then he climbed up onto that impossibly high dais that they made for him, and thinking that he would not be able to get up there. And he said, these are new old teachings. He had composed the text from everything already known. But he offered them in a way, in a tone, in a quality of his voice that was infused with an awakened heart that nourished the seeds in each of those beings who was hearing him. Nurtured them with wonder, with almost disbelief as he spoke and began to as I said, ascend, lift off, until he went completely invisible into the heavens, shining a light, leaving people with these hearts shining, shining with the Bodhisattva vow to commit oneself, one's whole life, to helping others. So as he felt this need to remind himself, as he was reminding everybody else, he was embodying that love and empathy that we all, all want and have and sharing it with everyone else. To heal, as everyone needs to heal, says Shantideva, to heal our non-dualism, sorry, to heal our dualism into non-dualism, to flourish by paying attention to what is, as Norman told us the other night, not how we want it to be, how our life really is. That was the central point of Norman's talk the other night. And just to depart for a second, to remind all of us, we're merging our studies during the next four months 
with every day's end. Beginning with this month's reading of the way of the Bodhisattva. It's an ongoing experiment intended to make our one focused practice more meaningful, more doable. Several people from Heart of Compassion now also attend and follow everyday Zen events. And from the very beginning of our history, we've been an everyday Zen affiliated practice group, not a standalone nonprofit and not a consecrated Zen temple. This is a model partially inspired by other groups, groups who are created in homes or rec centers or garages or in rented church sanctuaries. A model with many advantages in terms of not needing to fundraise for maintaining a building, as well as, in our case, being a recipient of shared Dharma resources, access to other teachers and teachings, to ceremonies, to a wide network of relationships, friendships. Trying to do the reading of two texts at the same time is difficult for all of us, to say the least. Some of us have been trying to do that for the last six years. And I have to say that likewise, trying to offer Dharma talks each week, sometimes in both sanghas, is not a really good way for me to teach. So we'll study Shantideva through January 27th and references to the Shambhala translation of the book and the two talks I mentioned are included already on our website. And then on January 28th, in an all-day sitting at Green Gulch, both in-person and virtual, we'll enter into an intensive practice period with Everyday Zen and also being led by our Shusou, Neil Shorstein, who was here with us last week, inviting all of us, telling us what was planned. He'll come back again. But in the meantime, I really want to urge you to consider joining the practice period. You have to register online at Everyday Zen and The deadline is January 19th for registration. You don't have to come to every single event. It's an invitation to intensify what you can do to make a different commitment for a discrete period of time, to experiment, to see what else is there, to feel your own spiritual practice in new ways. So I'll leave some time at the end of our time today for any further questions about that. And we have the rest of the month also. Happy to answer and talk with anybody about that. So back now to Norman's talk. The text he said to us is so important because it's grounded in a very familiar human experience. 
anger. Anger and its opposite, an antidote. Patience. Patience. Forbearance. Or as he kept saying, patient forbearance. Our anger that habitually arises from not getting exactly what we want in this life, from some incident that disrupts our self-importance and self-absorption, that anger can be met with and countered by the six paramitas that I mentioned earlier. Generosity. And generosity just changes the world, doesn't it? Someone's extending generosity, kindness to us. It's like a shower of love coming our way. Ethical conduct. Patience. Joyful effort. Joyful effort is enthusiasm, encouragement, helping each other, being in each other's lives in a generative, positive way. And meditation, being still, being quiet, being receptive. And the wisdom of emptiness or non-duality knowing our belongingness, our non-separateness. So to walk through this Dharma gate, Dharma gates are boundless, remember, and I vow to enter them, we show up accessing, nourishing these always available qualities in ourselves. Reducing and softening our anger and frustration of life not being the way we want it to be. Us not in control. Us not doing the evaluation. Does it rise to some sort of standard we set? Usually not. And as I have said many, many times, Often it's better. And that gate opens. We really understand how critically important it is to consider others, to serve others, to give our intention and caring to the greater common good of all beings, not just our family, not just our community all beings and to bring that awakened heart that bodhicitta into every relationship to share ourselves as best we can so of course we've been reading a couple of different translations we were going to be only using the Shambhala text the one that's on our website and the one that's on the Everyday Zen website. And Norman quoted the other night from the Stephen Batchelor earlier book, though he says now he's only going to use the Shambhala book. 
But there's also Pema Chodron's book on Shantideva, which I also love, called No Time to Lose. She, Pema Chodron, says that the biggest area of learning, spiritual learning in her specific life, has been around anger. And she talks of the awakening she had when she was, I think, in the midst of a divorce and she threw something across the room at her then husband and had that, oh my gosh, is this my life? Awakening. That happens to all of us. Maybe not like that, but in other ways. Oh my gosh, who am I? She says, sadly, we're usually so preoccupied with our own comfort and security, we don't give much thought to what others might be going through. While justifying our own prejudice and anger, we fear and denounce these qualities in others. We don't want ourselves are those we care about to suffer, yet we condone revenge on our foes. Seeing the disastrous results of this me-first thinking in the daily news, we long for bodhicitta to arise in the hearts of men and women everywhere. And then, instead of seeking revenge, we'd even want our enemies to be at peace. The people who make a positive difference in the world have big, awakened hearts. Bodhicitta, very awake in their bodies, in their minds. Many of them have skillful means to communicate to large groups and Pema Chodron points to Martin Luther King as a bodhisattva who knew that happiness depended on healing the whole situation. And again, I'm quoting, taking sides, she says, black or white, abusers or abused, only perpetuates the suffering. For me to be healed, everyone has to be healed. For me to be healed, everyone has to be healed. So expect that what you tend to will grow. It will receive your healing attention. If you feed it with care, you shine your light on what you are paying attention to. It will thrive. Please choose wisely. Choose compassionately. Awaken your heart to what is already there waiting for you to pay attention.
Thank you for listening to my talk. <laughs>